Greetings, superstars. Welcome back to Word Up with Danny Katz, your one-stop 5D superhero listening spot. I'm Danny Katz, transformation agent, empowered badassery coach, and quantum languaging consultant. And I'm so happy you're here. Here at Word Up, we are devoted to supporting you in becoming your most authentic, empowered, liberated version of yourself. We do this by sharing quantum languaging upgrades, conscious communication tools, witchy life hacks, planetary service announcements, and high-vibing, deep-diving conversations with original thinkers, visionary weirdos, and rebel badasses. Our every show aims to expand your consciousness, raise your frequency, sharpen your critical thinking skills, and make you giggle. <laughs> Be sure to hit that subscribe button and to join us on Locals at dannycats.locals.com where you can watch the video versions of all our episodes including those that are a little bit too spicy for the non-free speech friendly platforms. And it's also where paid subscribers can tune into the second half of all my interviews and enjoy a plethora of other bonuses, including live monthly Q&As, unpublished writings and videos, and behind the scenes intel. Join our quickly growing tribe of high vibe superstars at dannycats.locals.com. Okay, now that we've got all our housekeeping out of the way, let's enjoy today's episode of Word Up with Danny Katz. Today I am joined by podcaster and deep, expansive, multi-dimensional thinker, Amy D of Take the Gold Pill podcast of the Montauk Effect and of what is quickly becoming my very favorite podcast, Prima Donna's of the Gutter. Before we dive into today's episode, I am reminding you to hit that subscribe button, to like and to share as your listening platform allows, and to invite you to sign up for my newsletter. You may have heard I have recently left social media. I will no longer be posting on Instagram or on Facebook. I am instead funneling my energy into my ride or die email list tribe. You can sign up for my newsletter at dannycats.com where you will also receive a free PDF, five quantum linking hacks for instant empowerment, which also happens to be illustrated. So yay for spazzy chicken scratch line drawings. This episode, like all of my episodes, is divided up as follows. The first half is always free for the public. The second half is available for paid supporters on both my Locals and Patreon communities. So as you are inspired to listen to the second half of my conversation with Amy D, as well as all of my second half podcast conversations, I highly recommend supporting me on Patreon at patreon.com slash and or at locals, dannycats.locals.com. Paid supporters on both Locals and Patreon get rules of extra bonuses, including unpublished writings, unpublished videos, early access to webinars and courses, along with special discounts, opportunities to drop in with 
me and the tribe in group Q&A sessions, as well as opportunities to drop in with me one-on-one. -on -one. So I highly recommend navigating over to Patreon as well as local so you can determine which platform feels best for you and supporting me there so that you can listen to the second half of my awesome conversation with Amy D. Buckle up, let's get to it. Welcome back to another episode of Word Up with Danny Katz. Today, I am joined by podcast hostess extraordinaire, co-host of The Gold Pill, of Prima Donnas of the Gutter. And I know there are others that I'm missing, so you're going to catch me up to speed, everyone. I'm here with Amy D. I'm so excited. Amy, how are you? Oh my gosh, Danny. I'm so thrilled to be here on your pod, my your Danny pod with you. I'm so um, honored to be here. You're one of my favorite people from when I was just listening to podcasts and now here I am. So it's very exciting. Thank, it's amazing that like we've come to this place because you mm. hopped on my radar. I guess it was through your Instagram. Like, and I know you have multiple Instagram accounts. Yeah. And then I was super into your podcast. And then I started a podcast. And now you're helping me produce my podcast behind the scenes. So, and now we're in like this same cool podcast community. So yeah. it's super awesome. Yeah. Um, I got, I reached out to you in my winter of discontent when everything was going so crazy and it was so obvious where everything was headed. And it was that time when, uh, you know, the elections were running really high and I was just feeling really frustrated and I didn't know who to, how to, how to unleash that frustration in a positive way. And uh, you had reached out on your Instagram asking for people to help. And I was like, I will help. And I definitely just wanted to, yeah, like borrow your ear and hear what you had to say. And you encouraged me to start an Instagram at some capacity. And it took me a few months to get there, but then I did. And once I did, it was really, really like a lot of great feedback. And so like, you're so important to the, the conception of the gold pill, like truly, I mean, Meredith is as well, but like, there really wouldn't even be like a person, Amy, like looking to do this, you know, without Danny's like awesome support and suggestion. And so, yes, we've sort of just been like woven into each other's lives over time and it's phenomenal. It's really neat. And it's um, truly incredible to tr like be listening to someone and respecting them so much, you know, just at your own house. And then suddenly you're, you know, getting advice and now you're talking with them and it's like your mind expands um, infinitely when you start doing things like that. I love that. I'm smiling so big right now. We have cameras off because Amy is very intelligently <laughs> um, protective of her uh, online, what is it, image, identity. I could take a I, lesson. <laughs> yeah, no, I just figure uh, if, people fi if people can figure it out, good on them. Otherwise, I'm not going to put it out there, you know. <laughs> It's super, super smart. I really, on this end of it, because there's no going back for me, but on this end of it, I think there is so much power in having an anonymous presence, but a really big voice uh, yeah. in, the, in the media sphere. So I really respect that that's how you do it. Was that a conscious choice? 
Well, you know, um, as I mentioned, I was kind of, I didn't know even how to put my voice out there at first and it seemed easier to put my voice than my face. And then just kind of the nature of the game is, yeah, over time, it just kind of made sense that in the dynamic of Mayor and I, that one of us would be behind the scenes and the other one would be more forefront. And since she had already had an online identity kind of, you know, with her uh, astrology uh, business, essentially she was already out there and she's a, she has a beautiful face and a beautiful personality. So it's, it's a perfect match for us. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I love the mystery of it. And of course, I'm such a fan of you, like so often in your podcast, like I'm speaking to you. I'm like yelling at the speakers. I'm like, yes, amen. Go girl. <laughs> so I'm curious to know like your process of awakening to the sham show. Like, have you always been clued in to the fact that we live in a nefarious AI simulation or is that well, like, I was really hip to the fact that people were being exploited like early on, like in my sixth grade class, I gave a speech about like the exploitation of women. And I'm not even a feminist like to this day, but it was like very clear to me just early on that like people were being used. And then I was really like, I was raised by some very liberal parents and um, I went, I was obviously, they were teachers and like speech therapists. And my mom has a long history of, uh, she grew up in Germany for the first five years of her life. And so there's a lot of just like kind of control that runs really deep in my, in my bloodline, I'd say. And I resisted that um, as much as I could, but I was still like really, really bought into the liberal like mindset for a very long time just to like kind of get along and it was probably I don't know about like 28 29 years old that I started realizing just like how much my personality from like getting out of high school into being like 28 was really generated by like the media and I had already I had always considered myself like a pretty media savvy person but I was really just starting to understand like the depths to which the media played into our psyche and into our collective understanding of like the world. Um, I had gotten my bachelor's in psychology. So I always had kind of an interest in human activity and human behavior, things like that. Um, but yeah, things, I don't know exactly what happened. I think I got like hooked on drugs and things went wrong. <laughs> and then I was like, how did I get here? Cause things were going so good. I was kind of like a gifted little kid that was out, you know, succeeding and like putting on plays and I just like my light had like fully dimmed and I you know I did the, the really cool psychosis move where you go on YouTube until like 4 a.m and like you're just like taking in all the information like a crazy person and that was at a time when YouTube was still like kind of the wild west for what it was and so I feel like I got a pretty well-rounded education and I was really lucky to find people along the way to listen to like yourself and like Emily and Randy and I mean all of them <laughs> that were really really insistent upon um not believing them at face value but um looking into it for yourself and so anyone I found online that I kind of clung to to sort of make sense of the world I was really that was one of the main things I would listen for is for them to want you to go discover it, the things that they were talking about in your own way. And, um, and so that's how I ended up here is basically I never got off that road. The world has become an unfolding mystery every day. It gets more interesting and more creepy and more beautiful <laughs> and more chaotic. And yet, um, and yet I, I love it every, I love it more every day. I'm not to say I'm like in a great mood or, you know, totally stoked to 
be here and experience it every single second. But I think overall, it's like a beautiful picture. And I guess that's how I got here is I sort of went crazy. And then I realized it's all, it's all for something, you know? I love, there's so many pieces that I want to, <laughs> I, I didn't, I had no idea. Um, and that's, that's kind of similar to Emily's story as well. So that's really interesting. I mean, I think there's something to allowing ourselves to go off the deep end mm -hmm. that allows us to avail ourselves to having our worldviews crush. Cause it's like, we've already annihilated ourselves on some level where it's like, okay, well, it can't be worse than I've, what I've already gone through. Absolutely. And it's, I kind of was like thinking about it. It's like that, like kind of guru moment where they tell you that rich person to get rid of everything they own. It's kind of that same thing where it's like, you sort of shed everything that was important to you. I, I sort of jokingly told my friend the other day, I was like, I did an Irish goodbye on my life. Like I just kind of like said, peace out to all of my old activities and my old neighborhoods and stuff like that. And just kind of like started rebuilding like a new I'm still in the same town, but I mean, rebuilding like a new cosmology and a new, yeah, everything had to fall apart for it to go back together in a certain order, you know? And were there any particular stories or narratives that like snapped you oh. out of it? The ones that I was really attracted to because I'm just really into pop culture were like the Beyonce is possessed by, you know, the devil or things like that. And that was sort of alarming because at the time that was first coming out, unless you had grown up like a Christian, the internet 2008 was probably the first time you were ever really hearing that sort of narrative. And so the, the Hollywood piece was how I got in because I really did understand the way that the way that they capitalize on human beings, the way that, and I grew up doing a lot of like theater and stuff too. Um, one of the local theaters around here, it was really, really great. And it had kids and adults. And I mean, I'm not, it wasn't crazy, but it was definitely, I understand like how, you know, that dynamic works and how kids kind of just are considered little mini adults. And the world is just kind of different in the arts if you're a kid. And I don't think that, um, at least in my, in my um, community, I don't think that parents like understood really like what they were dropping their kids. I think they just thought they were dropping their kids off to like a singing class or like a class where kids were just gonna be whatever, like putting on a play. And the social dynamics of like a theater teen, I don't know, in the nineties was sort of like, I don't, you know, you're away from your parents all the time. You're able to kind of do whatever. I'm sure you can use your imagination. So there was, yeah, go ahead. No, 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 please continue. Well, I don't even know where I was going with that. All this to say that um, there was always this real element of I understood like the sham, the show, the illusion, the way that like there's a frontal facing person and a back facing person. There's I understood that. And then that's why the Beyonce piece, the Hollywood piece, the 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 Alex Jones sacrifice, you know, that whole thing where he was uh he had caught the Bohemian Grove stuff, that really got my attention because I understood a lot of it already. I just didn't understand how it worked together. And then finally seeing it all kind of put together in a way that um, after my mind had sort of been broken over the way I thought things were supposed to go and how it kind of reassembled into the way that things obviously go. Um it made the world make a lot more sense. I kind of explain it like you get a lot more unhappy because the world becomes like a less dreamy place, but you become a lot less crazy <laughs> because right. you understand, yeah, what's going on. So it's kind of like, if you can manage your frustration with the way things are, then that's a little easier, I think, than not knowing what's going on. 
That makes sense. That's really interesting that you were you, like you were in it, but you weren't of it. Like you were dropped into this realm of theater, of performance, but it sounds like you kind of were suspicious of it from the get-go from your experience. My mom um, was raised she is uh from Germany and so she had and her mom married like a soldier to get over here so she was like a foreign army brat and basically she's still she's a legal alien but she is like here not a citizen and um she had a different sort of upbringing and that made me have kind of a different sort of outsider upbringing I've given this a lot of thought and um because of that, I think I have this real like outsiders. I just, and when I enter a room, it's not like I go, oh, this room's inviting of me. It's like, oh, this room is at best neutral of me. And like, so what is, what information is going on and how, you know, it, I was raised by kind of like a tough mom. And so I had to like figure out the room and figure out how to negotiate with relationships and, uh, you know, get around the world in kind of like a different way. Cause I wasn't really taught how to, um, you know, do that stuff by my mom. Cause she wasn't really taught how to do that. So we both have this sort of, for lack of a better word, like alien um, way of interacting socially with the world, you know, and it's worked out to my favor now, but um, for, you know, in high school and stuff, it was sort of like, you get along with people, but they're not like getting you and you're not getting them. Does that make sense? It's, it totally makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like you had, and maybe it's because your mom being from Germany, but like you had an awareness of this outsider status from early on. And I'm wondering if the strategies that you were employing to survive, you know, just life and adolescence in the world as an alien, do you think those are the skills that contribute to to how well you critique culture. I, I am very struck by your unique take on culture. And it just feels like you get it on so many levels that not just a lot of people don't, but a lot of alt media people don't. So do you think that that was because of this awareness of being alien from early on? Um, you know, maybe I've always, yeah, okay, so I'm an only child too. And so I kind of like, I was raised on the TV. And so my mom would be cleaning and my dad would be at work and I would, or my dad would be home working and I would have the remote and like in between points or in between like commercials, you would change the channel. And so I was always like sort of responding to the TV, like as in real time, not like I knew they couldn't hear me. I wasn't like looking for a response, but I was, I always had like really quick reactions to things like that. And so and then when my friends would come over in college and we would try to watch TV, like I don't watch TV like a normal person. I'm like stopping it constantly. <laughs> like Sean, my boyfriend, he's the same way. Like we're stopping it. Let's talk about it. What we see? Like we don't watch it in like a linear fashion or we'll go back and watch something like, you know, 10 times. Not even because it's particularly interesting, just because it's something to us, like it catches us. And so I think, um, yeah, I've always... I've always kind of done that and not even realized it was something I did that was weird until I got out into the wild. But yeah, when I started watching TV with, um, yeah, with my friends, like once I had moved out, it was, it was very clear that we watched TV in a different way because they would always want to watch like artsy, cool things because my friends were really cool. And I would want to watch like dumb stuff. Like I want to watch making a video, you know, or something like that. And they would always be like, why? And I'm like, well, you're getting so much more out of it. It's not just you're seeing 
what they're telling you, like you're, you know, you're getting the full spectrum. You can really like, you know, reach into like, what's Britney Spears psyche right here. And like, why would she be so, and in like 2001, I'm doing this. And so um, I always joke with Nish for my co-host for Prima Donnas of the Gutter that like all of this knowledge is totally for naught unless I do this podcast. So it's a really good thing that I'm doing it because I don't even know what I would be. It would just be like a storage of like void knowledge otherwise. So it's good that I get to share it and that people find it interesting. Yeah. I mean, so many of us, we have, you know, our paths take as long as they take and it's not, you know, like our normal indoctrinated, like you, you go to school and you go to college and then you graduate and then you're in your career. Like, I think for anyone living an authentic, not anyone, but for a lot of us, it's just mm-hmm. a more circuitous, nonlinear path that doesn't even make sense until we're reflecting on how we got to where we are, you know, at some moment where it's starting to feel a little bit good. Yeah. And, you know, the more that I lean into that kind of thinking, I really just do arrive at this weird, like divine timing sort of place, not all the time, but like, you know, when you meet certain people, it's like the right time sometimes. And then those people, it kind of like snowballs into something else. And then there's all this energy and momentum. And I just feel like, you know, it wasn't my time before, like I was too sensitive and and like emotional for business. And I really just like, couldn't handle helping people in the traditional therapeutic sense. And so I had to like wander for some time and just like realize how I wanted to express myself in a way that would also be in alignment with like helping other people maybe make sense of it or at least helping people feel like less crazy for seeing the things they're seeing because I think so many people are seeing things with a new perspective right now so I just really wanted to support that yeah thank you on behalf of humanity (laughs) thank you (laughs) oh yeah David for sure (laughs) so how did the gold pill come to be Well, the gold pill came to be, um, Meredith was talking about it online. Just she and I were kind of like buddies at the time, just kind of meme friends on Instagram. And it really struck me as this like really, really cool image because the red pill is sort of like, you know, um, aggressive, but really it's a really good first pill. And the blue pill, of course, I don't think anyone listening wants to take unless they want to like have a fun night. (laughs) Um, And so the gold pill to me over time has come to mean like alchemy, like there's the black pill, which is really nihilistic. And that's kind of where you end up eventually um, for a moment, I'd say. And then there's kind of, if you're, I would say lucky, or if you are interested in kind of like a different perspective and not just being angry and like dejected all the time, like, you know, I was when I, I reached out to you. (laughs) <laughs> I, you have it kind of burns off and then that was kind of neat to me as it becomes like the gold pill which is just kind of like someone who understands what's going on the world makes sense um we try to tell others we try to make our lives a little bit more comfortable since we have kind of an awareness that makes life uncomfortable and I just feel like there's enough of us now that we I kind of also likened it to being like a fire that people who are in the community could just kind of go and like laugh at or like they can go and meet people or whatever it's kind of like a digital community or digital space where people can just feel less alone and knowing that um, we're all over the country in the world seeing what we're seeing and there are so many people in our direct you know families and neighbors and roommates and all that that just don't see it and they refuse to see it and their own psychology prevents them from seeing it 
and that's okay, but that doesn't make you crazy. And so we can all, you know, chit chat and form a little, not an alliance, but like a, just a web of understanding and support. And it's been really cool to see um, how it's grown and to see what it's done for people. I get, you know, emails all the time that people are able to like feel more comfortable, um, you know, with their own thoughts simply because they know there's other people around that think these things. And I like, I can't even tell you how great that makes me feel. <laughs> Yeah, I, I totally get it. And I think, I mean, I, th I feel like where we're at right now as a global culture with this giant big tech monopoly and the gross censorship that it is on us to, uh, in this very grassroots way to put the truth out through our own unique personality because you never know like what alchemy is gonna draw people in and, and who's like, you know, so many times we'll hear something a hundred times, but it doesn't click in until we hear it the just right way in the just right frequency. So I feel like it is kind of on all of us who know what's going on to share it and spread it to see who, you know, who we can connect with and who, who it's going to reach and land with. Yeah, the community piece to it is really cool. It's also been really neat because um, I think I've said this before on another show, but there were so many foundational shows for me personally. Um, I know that Randy and Emily's show off planet radio was like huge for me and making sense of a lot of the like stranger things that are going on. Um, Robert Phoenix was so big. Um, all these shows were so foundational and they were so, but the way the style of like alt media used to be is really just like, it's really super informative. And it's like for people who can take in dense information. And I think that it's really neat to be able to at this time, I think that we have like upped a level like from all that work that was done by everybody in the last 10 years that we're able to talk about these things like in a more conversational way. And it doesn't have to be about, it can be about the documents, but it doesn't have to be about the documents. A lot of more people understand the gist of what's going on and the energetics and the change and the, like people are just kind of more hip to the energy because everything's so in flux like how could you not be and I think that um that allows us to not be so um it, it allows kind of more for for more latitude and how you talk about these things and it kind of in a way makes it more conversational and I think that makes it easier to talk about and then it kind of like per, it, it echoes and like goes throughout the zeitgeist and the, in a less like fearful way, because it is really, really intense. You know, if you're, if you're a fearful person and um, it's dangerous information, you know, so to see what, to hear what's coming or what people would like to have happen, you know, um, that's intense. And so I, that again, that's where the gold pill comes in as it's like the intensity is there, but it's the, the attitude with which we handle the intensity is like the gold pill thing, you know, like we, yeah, it's not about not being scared ever. It's about like choosing to like find a different way to feel about something because it's not um, productive at all to be scared. So if something's dangerous, then like what needs to be done? Or if nothing can be done, then what are we worrying about and trying to mitigate the worry <laughs> into like a nothing, you know? Yeah, I, I definitely feel like you guys are helping to break down barriers because you're right. Like in the, you know, I, I, we'll just say truth in the, in the, in the truth yes. community for a while, it's just been like really intense, singular talking heads yelling at the camera. And, and mm -hmm. 
you know, full transparency, there are moments where I would, you know, I've certainly been that angry talking head and it's I'm sure when we're shattering people's world's view, worldviews and inviting them to consider really terrifying information. I think it's sometimes asking too much when we ourselves are so like freaky deaky. And I think there's something to to just being like two girls hanging out and giggling and like being sweet to one another and, you know, bringing in more personal things in, you know, weaving it in where we can just relax a little bit, you know, like also my nervous system calmed down when I'm listening to you guys and I'm like, oh, I'm cozying up with Amy and Marin. It's like, I'm hanging out with my girlfriends instead of, you know, watching an episode of Infowars, which is just like really intense on the, the cortisol. Yeah. And I like, don't get me wrong. Like I cut my teeth on all that stuff. Like I love me some info wars occasionally. I love me some really, really like out there, like military, like CIA. I love that. And that's what I, that's what I, that's what basically is. Yeah. Being woven into the gold pill. It's like that kind of stuff, but yeah, it's like two women talking. It's also just sort of like, Mare and I both understand, as you do too, Danny, and probably most of your listeners understand that so much of the future is not like certain and what they want, I want they, the, you know, the ominous they, what the powers that were, what the losers that are control freaks, <laughs> you know, what those people, what they want is what they want. And they want nothing more truly than for us to envision our own doom because then we'll create it. And I just like, once I realized that was the name of the game. I mean, even recently, the gold pill has been kind of undergoing like sort of some branding, rebranding stuff, because I don't want to perpetrate the narratives that are like, that are obviously just there to be like loose harvests. And at this point, like I, I, the, the narrative surrounding the experimental stuff, like I won't, I won't talk about it on the thing or on the, on the channel anymore, simply because it's like, I, we're at a point where it's like, if you know, you know, and like, we're at a new thing. And I feel like there's so we need to move the conversation forward kind of like constantly. Like two years ago, you did your brilliant or you contributed to that brilliant piece. Um, I don't know if we can say it, the P probably movie. not, probably not, but then let's just, let's just refer to it like that. And that was a brilliant, brilliant piece. And um, I just, I don't even know where I was going back. So I got all like sidetracked on not being able to say it. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> no, 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 it's okay. But um. I basically, I just, oh, I'm so sidetracked. We'll have to edit this part out. Oh my gosh. What was I just saying? I'm even being good. Well, no, I think we were talking about, there's the scary information. Um, oh, you were talking about how you don't talk about the lollipops. Oh, you talk, yes. Yes. You did that wonderful piece two years ago and that was two years ago and you followed it up with another piece. And it's like, that was it that you know and then we got to see that play out and that was what I covered on the gold pill and then beyond that it's like it's playing out I'm not going to keep on like putting those stories up there and that's it's interesting to see like I'm starting to get wiser to what social media is like pushing at us to, to pump out as like people who are you know aggregating information it's interesting to watch the um the evolution of social media TikTok and also be like kind of an active part of it um the the branding piece is really interesting because there are things on gold pill that I don't necessarily like um I'm not like oh yeah I'm a hardcore believer of this but I really do like to just get people thinking because that's where all my best like work has come from is just like thinking about things and kind of like thinking my way out of them or thinking into a way that they could possibly make sense uh, yeah it's tough gold pill has uh 
it's been tough lately because of the algorithm changes and because I'm really trying to be more careful with not putting out not alarmist stuff. I don't think I ever did that, but not putting out stuff that the the narrative, the the AI narrative is like pushing and it's getting more and more obvious by the day that there's like a real, you know, agenda they're pushing. Totally. So have you been affected by the algorithm changes and, and banning and censorship? And have you guys experienced that? Yeah. Recently I posted a video that like, um, oh, what was his name? I'll have to go back and I don't even want to say his name because it would it's probably going to get you flagged. So there was this guy that um, basically laid it out what's going on in no uncertain terms. And I think that um, he had been sort of like red flagged on Instagram. And after I got like 100,000 likes in like two days after posting it, because that's how much it resonated with people that like there are, there is a something going on and that this is a very pivotal time and this is how they're doing it. And if you want out, like, here's how you do that. That was the gist of the video. And um, then I immediately got shadow banned within like 48 hours. And I'm currently working on um, figuring that puzzle out. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird to go from having a huge reach and a huge impact to just not. <laughs> well, it's so funny because it really, like as I was building Gold Pill with Mare, um, my man and I were also like, well, this is going to happen eventually because you don't just get to like tell people stuff and have them, you know, eat it up because it's resonating and because it's fascinating and because no one else is like talking about it. And you don't just get to like do that forever without some kind of like interference. So we are, we started a new website called starlight.watch where we host our podcasts and we are, we host the occult rejects and anyone else in our little group who wants to join. I think Shane's going to be on there pretty soon. Um, nice. Yeah. Basically just a place that like Sean and I will never, you know, take your stuff down. I There's, there's probably like limits to my, I'm, I'm not like a, I am a free speech absolutist, but I totally understand not wanting to like amplify like the craziest of the crazy ideas that I will keep in the back of my head. So like, I do have a very, 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 very wide bar, you know, but yeah, I'd say there are margins. <laughs> um, but, um, are there, yeah, any that's, margins, that's, are there any margins that are coming to mind right now? Yeah. The ones that come to mind are like the really, 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 like hardcore like videos like the produced anti like holocaust videos it's not that I don't think those things are okay to think or say it's just that I don't want to like post like a very well like funded you know video on something like that not because I don't even think what they're saying is true it's simply because it's like if you want to arrive at that idea and honestly Danny here's my thing if somebody what if someone wants to ask what if there were more people you know what I mean those kinds of questions what if it was even worse than they said and that's not you know what if I'm asking questions like that and it's like those aren't even allowed so I, I always try to like think of ways you could question the narrative in a way that's like not insulting the narrative right and if you can't even like do that then that's sort of weird but um yeah I just figure that's not for the amount of trouble you would get in for that for the amount of people that would want to hear that and the amount of quality information and truth or free the the value of that free speech is for the amount of trouble we could get in is really um it's it's not uh in balance and that is actually one of the hardest parts about running a channel is like trying to figure out especially with the constraints of like Instagram or YouTube or whatever like how do I get the most information out without putting too much out that I'm going to get banned and like how do I walk that line consistently and 
I was doing it for a while and I think I just got, I don't know if I got cocky or whatever, but it was a really good video and people, <laughs> people really, I mean, they felt it, Danny, they felt it, they loved it. So I'm, it obviously like, that's the thing about our group is it's, I mean, as much as it sucks, it's sort of like a badge of honor because it's like, if it hasn't happened to you, people start, you know, questioning. <laughs> totally. I'm, I'm, Emily and I were talking about this today. We've been talking behind the scenes about this RKX deal. Have you been tuning into his channel, Jason? No, no. Tell me. Um, everyone's talking about it at this, like people had been sending both Emily and I, this guy, he, his channel is RKX, A-R-C-A-I-X. Okay. And people have been sending us his videos for months and we've both been resistant for our own reasons that we hadn't traded notes on. Um, but it's kind of amped up in the past couple of weeks where like everyone is talking about it and his, it's just another version of like Tartaria. Everything is an mm -hmm. AI simulation. You know what? Cancel clear delete. I don't mean to say it's just this because I've only seen like maybe four or five videos and he has a ton. So I it's don't a cosmology though, like that, that someone is placing out there for other people to investigate and to look into and all that kind of stuff. Correct. And the, the two things that were coming up were like, why is he not banned? Like when I think of how right. many strikes I've gotten, how much shadow banning I've gotten. And I'm like, why is he allowed to say this stuff? And no one's hassling him, which is kind of my same thing about so many people on social media or YouTube that I'm starting to question more and more and more. And then the other piece is, you know, and you said this early in this conversation today, that part of mm -hmm. what turned you on was listening to Randy and Emily and Robert mm -hmm. and people who are saying like, do this, you know, research it yourself. And this thing with this Jason RKX guy from what I've seen, which granted is not by sure. any means the full breath of what he's offering, but is like, why am I supposed to just believe another talking head who's telling me stuff? Like there's a lot of it that certainly resonates, but it's like, unless I see hard stats, I'm just not that into believing people telling me what to think. See, that's so funny because even as you said that it's, it's easier to see why that's not like as cool because he is telling you to believe him and like not at all opening it up to like, well, since it's belief, you guys should go and, you know, sink your teeth into this belief in whatever way you can. It's like, believe me, believe what I'm saying, which is that's silly. I think you can only like really believe in yourself and like what your understanding of something is. But um, I definitely, I mean, it, it's obvious, I think, to anyone that certain people are allowed to operate and that there's like a rhythm uh, right. to when people get taken down. I know I like Robert got taken down around the time of the election. I know two guys that I listen to that are like really, really spicy. They got taken down. And then like within a week or two, month or two of the election being like, you know, quote unquote settled. Uh, <laughs> they were allowed back on, you know what I mean? And so now yeah. they're, they're doing fine. And it's, so I'm, it, it's, and then I had um my friend, New York Patriot today, reach out and say like, here's a technique for, and I'll share with you too, um, for getting out of shadow ban. I don't know if it works, but it's like, there's people that are like trying behind the scenes, you know, like that's the thing about working against someone is you definitely get stronger, you know, <laughs> as yeah. you do that. So, and then I really do feel like, you know, even a few months ago when we were all just kind of chit-chatting you and Emily and me and Mara about like the, just like kind of the future and like what we were, you know, hoping or whatever, like so much stuff from that meeting has manifested. 
And um, I, I just feel like our numbers are getting like stronger. And I keep saying like, everyone's getting more talented and like their reach is getting like better. I mean, you know, Nish is really, really, her material has been like, it's always great, but it's been really incredible. Like in the last few months, especially. And the same with like Emily and Robert and um, basically everyone's minds are just coming together. And like, we all see it in this way. And it's really neat because as far as I can tell, none of this sort of like, uh, etheric group, etheric alliance or whatever, that's not even an alliance. That's how like pure of an alliance it is, <laughs> you know, like there it's, it's, it's pure and it's good and it's creating more and more like energy and waves around it. And I'm telling you, like, I, it's so cool to be able to be a part of it and also to witness it because it's, the art has never been better. Um, the, the commentary has never been better. Like the street food has never been better. Like <laughs> as crappy as things like seem on the surface and all that, like the underbelly of everything is so full of creativity and chaos. And if you are the kind of person that can like really figure out how to wield chaos um, and not in a controlling way, but just wield it in a way that is not gonna like, you know, make you crash. This is a really cool time to be alive. Um, I appreciate that perspective. Uh-huh, <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Go ahead, let me know. <laughs> no, I mean, I've definitely had a like, this planet is so dumb week. Um, oh, girl, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, this has been a brutal week. I mean, for me, I just left Instagram because I couldn't take it anymore. Like, it, for me, it didn't work to have 8,500 followers and 20 views. Uh, yeah, you know, like yeah, that yeah. wasn't working. So for me, like, no, my numbers are not getting stronger. Like it's, it's more of an energy suck, but, um, you're right. Like the ideas are becoming more cogent, more coherent. And for me at this point, the community is my lifeline. So now that I've, you know, like I hired a new business coach to figure out, okay, social media doesn't exist for me anymore. And I've been dependent mm -hmm. upon it for 10 years. So I need to restructure everything. And anytime she mentions letting go of, you know, this type of thing or what I do with Emily. And I'm like, no, 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 that's my heart. Like that's, that, that is like giving me other humans and it's expanding my life and we're weaving, you know, continuing to weave more and more and more. So beyond just like, numbers and followers and money coming in like it's it's far more important to me what 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 we are very organically creating together um you, so that's keeping me in it you know outside of like having to like have money to exist like I always think about um Nick Mullen this comedian has this bit that's been out for a couple months now about how like what is a Picasso and what is a Van Gogh? Like, give me an Alex Jones. You know what I mean? And I just think about the work that I have listened to and I've seen people put out. And I wonder, like, in 50 years, if, you know, people are still around, like, are we, you know, are these the people that people are going to be listening to? Because everything is so up in the air right now. It's like, what will the new the new world order be and I don't mean like the new world order in like the perverted sense but like the 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 self-organizing like dynamic you know like what will that be and how will that come together and what's gonna overlay and it's so fascinating because it's all unknown and all of the old heroes right now for various reasons wink wink are you know going to the sidelines and they are no longer going to be a part of the stage and soon like the sands of time they will be you know dust and there will be these new um mythologies emerging and i'm not saying i want to be one of them but i am saying i don't 
I definitely can imagine some of the things that I've listened to in the last five years as being part of them, you know, like some of the great, the great ideas and some of the expansive um, takes on history and some of the, uh, the, the, the mind opening sort of perspectives that we all have been uh, introduced to. And if you can have like the kind of mind that can hold all that stuff, there's gonna be some really, really cool stuff that emerges and I, out of, the, out of the, the muck, whatever this is. And I'm just, I wonder if it's, you know, I don't wonder, I, it could very well be people that we knew are like, you know, I mean, included in the next like great book that gets edited, you know, by the Demiurge, but they yeah. were there. Yeah. Oh, totally. I mean, we'll see because it's changing so hardcore in terms of like establishment and then people who are allegedly art, alt media, but are still establishment. Mm -hmm. So it, I feel like, yeah, it's, it's all yet to be written as far as how this is all going to shake out. I think that, you know, one thing that's binding us is that from my perspective, we don't seem compromised or compromisable, right? There's like a base integrity. Yes. It doesn't seem like anyone here is like selling out for truth or likes or followers. So I'm, you know, and I've always been of the mindset that like cream rises to the top. And as long as yes. I stay in integrity and I stay true to myself, that's all I yes. can do. So given that we're all doing that, it's kind of like a brain trust, right? Because yes, you know, like we're so on the forefront of examining this and, and unpacking it and unraveling it um, that, you know, I listen to you, I listen to Robert, I listen to Nish and like new ideas pop online, new connections are made. And then that opens the way for new, 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 new. So that part is really exciting. You know, it's like, we're all kind of on the forefront together. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. And the thing that's neat is we all kind of do have a, a self-referential sort of um, world in that there are things that sync up because we listen to each other, but we all have our own ways that we perceive the world. And I think it's really interesting to see how they all come together and create new ideas. And again, like just people listening at home, like they will write in and tell us their ideas. That's one of the biggest things with the prima donnas of the gutter is we're just trying to like discern the collective dream. And so we are not really concerned on that show so much with like, is this true? Is it not true? We're more concerned with like, what is the narrative of the dream? And so it's really an interesting, it's a different way of kind of analyzing culture than say people who are trying to like just decode it or, um, you know, just even just enjoy it and talk about why they liked it. It's just a different, um, we see it through the lens of everything that happens, truth, lies, everything, um, performance, it all counts in this, it's all going into the soup. So then what is the soup gonna taste like? And then what is that trying to tell us? It's, um, it's a totally different way than I've ever could have conceived of doing a show and Nish is 100% the mysterious mastermind behind that with me. <laughs> okay, we have to talk about prima donnas of the yes. It is like candy for me. I love it so much. And I think, you know, a couple things, because I think one thing that you and, and Mare are doing with Gold Pill, it's like very feminine, you know, and, and that that's what you and Nisha are doing as well. And I think that this, you know, this particular truther media scape has been so dominated, not just by men at all, but by the masculine way of doing it. And mm -hmm. I think that there's something like, really revolutionary about the way that the women, you know, in our little tribe 
are, are doing it and allowing it to be more feminine and conversational and taking these, you know, little tangents about our lives. Um, and then, so you and Nish started Prima Donnas of the Gutter. You guys take on fashion and pop culture from this like insane multi-dimensional deep woo perspective. It's like, you know, in my 20s-ish, I did read those shitty gossip rags and, you know, Same. fashion magazines. And I worked at Vogue for two years and I was into all of that. And I always had this like, underlying bit of shame about how shallow and lame it all was mm -hmm. and it's like I kind of get it back with you guys <laughs> yes yes no culture is so rich and it's really um even on face value it's kind of interesting because it's just like if you just look at it even from the straight perspective of this is programming and this is like they're trying to mirror to me how they want me to act um it's fascinating it's yeah, I don't, I don't even know how that came together. It was, we, Nish and I just kind of started talking about like Kim Kardashian and these like long creepy like gloves that she was wearing about like a year ago. Okay. And um, I thought that Nish was just like talking about this kind of stuff with everyone because she was on a show with Emily once that like really caught my attention, just talking about, I think a show. And I thought, oh, this is some really well-worn territory. Um, I guess it's not. And I guess she really wanted to talk about it more. So then we started really just, yeah, going in deep on the, not the Kardashians per se, but like that kind of stuff, because we both had this really like eye to eye understanding that there's just more than meets the eye going on with these energies and these archetypes. And sometimes the archetype picks them and sometimes they pick the archetype, but either way, once that sort of exchange of energy is happening, they're on like a different sort of not a different level, but a different sort of way of life. And that, that energy, this universal energy is like working through them in a different way. And so their lives on this like main stage are very dramatic. And it's sort of interesting to see how the, the hologram of like the universe or of earth or the human experience is sort of reflected in all of the celebrities and all of the fashion and culture. And, you know, we never know. And Nish would probably be more on the side of saying all this stuff is really planned and very like meticulously thought out. And I'm totally open to that. I'm more on the side of like, I don't know, but there's also, she would also be open to this too. I think a universal aspect of like beyond the people trying to control it. There's this universal energy that's being used by these like, you know, celebrity vessels. And that's just sort of the, um, the the idea behind it is it's we look at the Hollywood um, narrative, the culture narrative um, on the U.S. stage and sometimes the international stage as best we can, like a dream, and just try to see the energies at play and see what's going on. It's fun. It's so fun. It's so juicy. Who came up with the title? Well, okay, that's me. Um, there's a Fallout Boy song. <laughs> But um, it's called This Ain't a Scene, It's an Arm Race. And actually, it's really funny because that song's basically about like people who event, essentially it's about the band. They get famous and they realize it's not just a scene, it's like a competition. But it's also about like once you kind of um, reach a certain understanding in life, it's like you're like, this isn't a scene, this is more of like a war. And yeah, the lyric Prima Donnas of the Gutter is basically from that. And I just love it because it's yeah, it's that high-low connection. It's like, let's talk about like the really high spiritual or like the really, really 
like lofty esoteric and let's connect it to like how it's you know playing out with the Kardashians or you know with Christina Aguilera whoever <laughs> Doja Cat it's so juicy I feel like you guys hit an artery with this show like I see this show being so freaking huge because you know for most of us we're examining what like politics regular television shows like the kind of usual programming movies but no one's touching on like fashion and gossip you guys are the first one to do it and that is like a multi-gajillion dollar distraction slash psyop um yeah. that that really is like that those gutter ghetto vibes that yeah. is really worthy of unpacking and you guys are doing it from such a high level so the contrast of the material that you're deconstructing and your guys's lens of perception but then just thinking you know like I remember your show on Kim Kardashian wearing Marilyn Monroe's dress mm, and how mm -hmm. deep you took it and how many eyes were on that and not realizing like how many people that's affecting I just there are no words for how much I love what you guys are doing it's really 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 fun I can't tell you like how much gratitude like I, to the universe the gratitude I have for being able to talk about the 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 two very like outlying things that I know like together um Nish is um is a maven she's incredible at production and she has you know what's so funny is when we started we just kind of knew we like talking about it but neither of us knew like how much we knew about whatever and so just kind of in doing the shows over time it's really neat to see like I have like this sort of encyclopedic knowledge of like recent Hollywood culture and she has this vast expansive like um eternal knowledge of fashion and art and movements and her um perception of what's going on today is always really interesting and so when we will just still be in like chit chats back and forth and it's like something will come up like um this is this is a scoop and hey just uh got into like a really gnarly car accident and Nish's little keepers were on that immediately and so we're looking into that and we're going super deep and Doja Cat right now is um in the process of like shaving her eyebrows off on TikTok um that's oh I just saw that I didn't realize that because I don't I don't know who anyone is <laughs> yes okay <laughs> there but I did see this video of this like beautiful bald bald woman shaving her eyebrows and I'm like why is this here what are we doing <laughs> right and why is that there and then it's like we in my crazy mind I would be like well let's go back to the last like bald woman I saw on tv and that was um, where we made a big deal out of it and that was Jada Pinkett Smith and that was the big alopecia slap movement on the Oscars and I'm just wondering why we're seeing um all these bald women lately um and Nish and I would probably go on to say there's like you know a phenomenon happening that would you know be causing things like that to occur um yeah it really and then also there is the like the Britney Spears aspect of everything where she went a little bit you know like as one as a natural and like healthy response to the life she was living is she went a little cuckoo and she shaved her head on a national stage and that caught a lot of attention and so I wonder you know how are these things related and I just also Demi Moore G.I.J. yes yes there's absolutely that and so there's all these um there's all these yeah you can pull together all these strings and sort of synthesize and like come up with something that makes it make sense 
but um the the other thing with doja cat that it's i i truly i'm like i pray is like nothing is she's turning 27 really soon and that's like the 27 club and there's just been a lot of like turbulence Ooh. in her career like where she had a massive success and they dressed her like Marilyn. We talked about this in the Marilyn episode. And like, I'm sure she'll be fine. I'm just that kind of person. But um, that was interesting to me to see that like it went from really, she was supposed to go on tour with The Weeknd, who's like a massive performer. It was going to be like a huge concert. And she had to drop out um, after Coachella, I think, for like vocal surgery or something like that. And so she was kind of dropping out then. And I was worried in like the way that, you know, just, oh, that's that's not very good. Um, to see like her have this huge arc of success and then like she's not really working for the people who she needs to work for right now so she's not making the money and then just seeing the hair thing it just seems like there's some kind of you know there's something there's like I said it could be an overarching narrative of just like a universal archetypal energy or it could be like she's you know truly being driven to do these things by manipulation I don't know see as you're saying this and I'm and I do want to acknowledge like and I, I have not yet met Nish or, or spoken to her, but her body of, of timeless knowledge in terms Ooh. of art and fashion and movements is really notable. Yes. Um, and it's really, it's, I love that you guys are doing this show because to bring that perspective and that much knowledge from so many different realms into what's going on right now is just so helpful in terms of context but it has me thinking because like I said for me I don't know about this archaic guy like a lot of what he says that I've heard really does resonate and he talks about these these cycles like that the AI is just repeating these same cycles and Adam and John talk about this on no agenda as well how we're back in the 70s right with the gas shortages and yes. the Russia issue and like so many things are just a repetition and I'd be curious from because you know from the kind of Jason archaic cyclical perspective what's playing out in terms of these celebrities and with fashion and and all those other pieces I'm I'm not sure that there's anything there but just with that overlay I'm curious I'm always curious about the synthesizing of everything that we're all doing independently you know like what Emily and I are figuring out with the IDW and the, yeah. the Rogan adjacent people and like well how does that synthesize you know with prima donnas of the gutter and with what the iconic podcast is doing and just like I want us all to get together in the same place and summit raid notes yes totally <laughs> Um, so it looks like the gas crisis was in 79. And so when you said that we're in the seventies again, it makes me think we're in the nineties again in the early millennium. And that, that totally tracks because 79, 99 and right now would sort of be the same vibe, um, in that the night in fashion, anyways, this, the nineties were so informed by the seventies. And then yeah. as we get back into like 2000, 2001, things like take a, well, there's kind of a, a why, like some people really cling on to the analog, which I would say like, that's like your hipster sort of like indie sleeves. And then you have like mm -hmm. the other side, which goes into like, you know, pop uh, synthesizer, um, really, really uh, vocal auto-tune, like, you know, like drum machines, like things like that, where it's um, more technologically based. And uh, yeah, I would say, be, in, that got reflected in the style where you have like a real revival of like the 70s and a real like you know 
a, a vintage revival and then you had people like wearing I don't know like bright silver like mylar pants and going to raves like this was all <laughs> happening at the same time I guess and then if you think about it that way disco was happening at that time too so you had that same sort of like dichotomy of energies where you had like very um analog very traditional like rock and roll this is the sound of our generation and you had this like new departure of like we're just going to go and get loose and get lost on the dance floor god bless god bless <laughs> <laughs> all right so as we wrap up this half before before we go go into our spicier second half i am curious to know now that you are I'm going to put you in the expert category in terms of analyzing the Deepu of celebrity. Are they actual humans? Like, what are they? Do they really oh. exist? much for tuning in superstar i trust that you are enjoying my conversation with amy d please join us over at either my patreon or my locals or both because and is just so much more expansive than or uh, on both platforms you will find the second half of this conversation and all of my podcast conversations once again those addresses are patreon.com slash danny cats and dannycats.locals.com. Before you navigate on over to find the second half of this chat, be sure to hit that subscribe button, to like, to share, and to remind yourself of how freaking amazing you are. Thanks, Superstar. I'll see you next time. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode of Word Up with Danny Katz. Be sure to hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. And as you are inspired to learn more about my quantum languaging work, about my books, my homeschool courses, my transformational and empowered badassery coaching, check out my website, dannycats.com. As well, track all of my latest content on my locals page, dannycats.locals.com. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you soon, tribe.